show. Let's have some fun. And boy, um, man, these university professors are crazy. <laughs> they are really, really crazy. We're going to go to Rutgers tonight, and we're going to hear from, well, a place you're sending your child. We're going to talk about Joe Biden's foreign policy trip tonight. Twix. Yes, the candy bar. Don't worry. You're probably never going to buy one again. We have amazing emails. Everybody wants to know everything from where to move. People were stuck. We have two guests tonight. The great Carol Markowitz joins us. And then Darren Beatty has information about January 6th that you haven't heard before. All that is coming up tonight on the world famous and super important Jesse Kelly show, Chris. It's very important. Look, we're basically saving the world here. I'm what you might call a hero. All right. If you were, look, I'm just, or something along those lines. All right. But first, let's talk about what things actually look like. What they actually look like. You ever called 911? Have you ever been scared? Have you ever been in a situation that was dangerous? And by asking that question, I realize you are very much dividing every single person listening because those who have, those who have felt the fear of I might die and those who have not, well, they're very different people. And that applies to someone's breaking in your home. There's been a terrible accident, maybe one with you in it. Shoot, maybe you've lost somebody. People who know the fear of death know there is nothing quite like that feeling when you have to pick up the telephone and make a phone call. And not only are you desperate for somebody to answer that phone call, you need to hear, when are you going to be here? I'm calling 911. My son is choking on a sandwich. I need you to answer now, and I need you to tell me when is the Savior coming through my front door to save my son so I don't have to watch him die. When you're hiding under your bed and a bad man has entered your home and your family's there and you're whispering into the phone, you know what you want to hear? One, you want to hear a 911 operator on the line right away. Two, you want to hear that 911 operator say, keep calm. Police are already on the way. They'll be there in 30 seconds or a minute. And even then, even if they tell you that, that will be the longest 30 seconds or minute of your entire life. Of your entire life. Now, I want you to know something. I want you to know that this vaccine mandate insanity, here's where we're at with it so far. And this applies to everybody. This, is, this applies to everybody. This is where we're at. The president of the United States, Joe Biden, has gotten up and he said, everyone knows this by now, vaccine requirement, every company over 100 people. And everyone, got, well, I mean, a bunch of people got mad. A bunch of lemmings out there were like, oh, oh, thanks, daddy government. And then you have 
real, real, real scumbags like Bill de Blasio. Bill de Blasio tells all of New York, not only do you need a vaccine to come eat in a restaurant or go to a concert. Now, firemen, police officers, healthcare workers, you must get vaccinated or you can't work anymore. And that's created all this outrage, right? You've heard all these people yelling about this and that. But here's what's so amazing about the vaccine mandate madness out there. You've heard from people like Biden and Bill de Blasio, but you actually haven't seen the fruit of it yet. You haven't seen the fruit of it yet because we don't have a military vaccine requirement yet. That's the end of November. Bill de Blasio, let's let's focus on New York City for a moment. There's not a vaccine mandate for cops and firefighters yet. That's 5 p.m. tomorrow night. So as of right now, there's not one in. Therefore, all you have, all you have are politicians and talking points. And this might happen or this could happen or what about this or what about that? And that's why these politicians are out there right now still running their stupid fat mouths about it's been a huge success. Look how successful we are. We've been super successful. You know why they're doing that? Because people haven't felt the pain yet. But I'm telling you right now, pain is coming. You're standing out in front of your apartment or home watching it burn and you're on the telephone Please send the fire department. My baby's still trapped in there. How long till you can get here? What are you going to do when they tell you, I'm sorry, it might be 20, 25 minutes. The local precinct, the local precinct in your area closed. If you think I'm just trying to put fear in you, don't take it from me. Take it from them. Also, there are concerns growing about vaccine mandates here in New York City. There are fears of a first responder staffing shortage as early as next week when the vaccine mandate kicks in. Fire department official says that as many as 20 percent of the city's fire companies could close and the department is scrambling to find solutions, including mandating overtime and canceling vacations to deal with the staffing issues mandating overtime, canceling vacations. Oh, oh, you thought it was just fire? Because remember, this is coming for not just New York. This is coming for every blue area in the United States of America. You understand, as of right now, 32% of New York firefighters are not vaccinated. 25% of the cops aren't vaccinated. 25% of the cops? 32% of the firefighters. Now let's just, let's, let's expand past New York. LA, Portland, Chicago, San Francisco. This is coming for the entire United States of America. You know what? Forget all that. The United States military. Do you know that over 400,000 members of the United States military are still not vaccinated? Do you know that China is currently in preparation for war? That's why they're testing hypersonic missiles. That's why they've ramped up their military spending. China is in preparation for war. 
we're about to throw out 400,000 people of our military who are already trained and ready? Police departments are about to tell a quarter of their force they're already gone? And let's keep in mind, let's keep this in mind. We were just talking about the NYPD. Retirements before any vaccine mandates. Retirements were already up 400%. Now? Now you're going to tell people, oh, sorry, we're down another 25%? You understand that this, I don't care what your stance is on the vaccine. Do you understand that these mandates are going to absolutely have catastrophic consequences? Catastrophic in ways that you and I can't even quantify. I've been doing the best I can on my show to try to drive home to everybody every time I get an email from an industry where there's going to be a shortage. I bring it to you because I'm learning. We're learning together here. I try to bring it to you. I haven't even scratched the surface. Industry after industry after industry after industry. I mean, I I opened up talking about firefighters or cops. Do you understand People will die waiting for surgeries because of these mandates. If you're a pro-mandate person, hearing the sound of my voice, I know you're scared. Do you know how much death you're going to be responsible for? And yes, I'm blaming you. If you're pro-mandate, I'm blaming you. Because not a single one of these politicians, not Bill de Blasio, not Joe Biden, not anyone in between, not a single one of these politicians goes through with these vaccine mandates if they don't think they have the consent of the governed. What are we doing? What have we done? And what's so wild is this. I I understand the show has gotten really big and we're very proud about all that and whatnot, but it doesn't matter how big it gets. Can't convince enough people until the pain actually gets there. Until that person is under their bed at midnight with some nut job prowling through the house for someone to murder. And the 911 operator says, I'm sorry, all units are busy. Please hide if you can. In that moment, how's that vaccine mandate looking to you then? All right, we got a wild, wild show for you tonight. I told you it was going to be, but let's talk about something for a second. In that moment, when you're under that bed, you better have something in your hands to defend yourself with. And I don't mean uh, a plan to throw a lamp at them. Have something in your hands to defend yourself with. When I tell you about the hero gun, that's what I'm talking about. Have one by your bed. Have one. Have two by your bed, one for you and one for your spouse. It's a non-lethal gun that shoots these pepper balls 100 miles an hour. And let's say you are in the dark. Oh, don't worry. It has a laser sight on it. You're not going to miss. You don't need a concealed carry permit for it. And this thing is out there saving lives. Go to Hero2020.com. That's Hero2020.com. Use the code JESSE for a discount. State restrictions may apply. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and yeah, look, I just wanted to make sure I laid it out for everybody. We got Carol Markowitz coming up about these vaccine mandates for kids in about 15 minutes, but I just wanted to lay out 
what the cost is going to be. Because up to this point, up to this point, it's been all talk. This company is going to put in this mandate, and this industry is going to put in this mandate, and it's going to take place in November here and December there. And it's been all a lot of threats, a lot of talk. We're about to find out where the rubber meets the road here. People are about to find out what happens when you take even 5% of your workforce and say goodbye. And realize this. Forget about the economy because that gets too big. Let's just go with a business. And I don't care what size of business you're talking about here, whether it's a little mom and pop shop with five employees or whether we're talking about Amazon. Remember, a business doesn't want to hire anybody they don't want to hire because you have to pay these people. I mean, gosh, if I could, I would fire Chris and Michael right now. You have to pay these people. So you don't hire anybody extra. You know, you don't wake up tomorrow morning and say, you know, let's get let's get another secretary just for funsies. You don't do that. It's called overhead. You're gonna it's just gonna eat you alive. That, that'll eat you. Well, that's not really overhead, but it's gonna eat you alive. It's gonna eat away at your bottom line. The labor costs will eat you alive. Therefore, what's that mean? All these businesses across every industry, they hire just as many people as they have to to get the job done. So it's not like there's some big surplus. Oh, well, we're Amazon. We are way, way overemployed. No, they've hired just as many people as they have to. How do you think that business runs when 5%, 10%, 20% or 30% of the employees walk away? That business doesn't run anymore. And we're just talking about a business there. Let's expand that to the economy because remember, that's what our economy is. All the businesses working together. I'm telling you, we are heading into a bit of a rough winter. And look, the most disheartening part of all of it is, and I hate to do this, but it's true. The most disheartening part of all of it is, this is the idiot in charge. Pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. Who, I want to talk to the person who told Joe Biden the weird leaning into the microphone and doing the low whisper voice thing. Who told him that really nails it? That that is super effective, Joe. But you you definitely want to do that more often. And, And, you know. The fantasy world these people live in, of course, he's going to Europe, which I know. Believe me when I tell you I don't look forward to very much of the Biden presidency. I kind of look forward to him going to Europe just for the simple fact I think it's going to provide some really entertaining sound bites. But listen, the fantasy world these people live in, listen to this. We'll build out the first ever national network of 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations all across the country. So when you buy an electric vehicle and you get credit for buying it, you buy an electric vehicle, you can go all the way across America on a single tank of gas, figuratively speaking. It's not gas. You plug it in. 500,000 of them. These stations along the way. Yeah, my good buddy, uh, Luis, he owns an electric vehicle. He just tried to take a road trip with it. He has to stop every 250 miles. You realize that's every three hours or so. 
And I don't mean has to stop for everybody to run inside and grab some flaming Hot Cheetos and pour nacho cheese on them and use the bathroom and everything else. No, no, he has to stop every 250 miles to recharge his car. That's if he's found a recharging station. And when he stops every 250 miles to recharge his car, he has to stop for 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Imagine taking a road trip and having to stop for 30 minutes every three hours. I don't think... I don't think I would live. And this is what I mean. I There are some things that um, aggravate me, which is really weird. Everyone knows this. It's not big things, actually. Big things I do okay with. I do fine in those big things. Little things drive me nuts. They drive me nuts. If I uh, click on a phone call right now, and you're welcome to call in, 877-377-4373. If I click on a phone call and there's something small and technical wrong with the phones, I'll be upset. But if I were to get in a car wreck on the way home, and I've been in several, no, none of them I was driving in, but I've been in several, I'd be fine. Just get out of the car and we'd work the whole thing out. If I was to have to stop on a road trip every three hours, I would lose my mind. Remember we just, uh, me and my buddy, we just took our kids dove hunting a couple months ago to save America from the, what, Chris? To save America? My buddy drove down, which was hard enough for me. I don't let anyone else drive in general because I have control issues. Well, he's like the nicest person in the world. So anytime the kids wanted snacks or, I've got to pee, they just pull right in and pull right in. The wife says I'm a monster because I pulled them all aside because I drove back. And I said, guess who's driving now, fellas? Is it him driving anymore? No, 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 it's not. It's me driving now. Enjoy the bathroom because this is the last time you're going to see one until we get home. And their eyes were as big as saucers. <laughs> but jeez, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, every, every 250 miles. And I love these idiot Democrats, too. Where do you think you get the juice for the electric charging stations, you morons? <sighs> did you see this professor in Rutgers? I did enjoy this a great deal. Uh, Chris, would you go ahead and play this person? And I want to, I want to remind everybody, I think we looked this up the other night. That it's about $30,000 for a semester. About $30,000 for a semester. I have that wrong. It's too long, Chris. Uh, I about made a funny joke there, but I didn't. I will. Look, all right. I'll play you the Rutgers professor in just a second. I just want everyone to remember, you're paying vast sums of money to send your kids off to universities. Vast sums of money. I'm going to play you a little bit of audio after we're done with Carol Markowitz. And I'm going to play you some sound on who you're sending them to. Choose wisely. Hang on. Joining me now, my friend Carol Markowitz, obviously with the New York Post. Carol, okay. I need you to break this down for me as best you can. We're now massively about to push vaccines for children. Everybody knows it. The FDA just approved it 17 to 0. Everyone knows the next step for places like New York is going to be mandatory. How is there still not a massive pushback or is that coming? Uh, I don't think it's coming. I really don't think oh. it's coming. So 
I, you know, thank you for having me on, Jesse. But I, I think that, you know, this is not a conversation that even conservatives want to have right now. Um, I wrote this piece in Newsweek about how I don't understand the argument for vaccinating children. And so I won't be vaccinating my own kids. Uh, I'm vaccinated. I made sure my mother and my in-laws got vaccinated as soon as the vaccine came out. I have seen no data whatsoever that supports vaccinating children. And so I won't be vaccinating my kids. And I thought that this would be, you know, sort of a typical thing that people on the right would be saying. But, you know, I, I would say that I did not get the retweets on this column from sort of, you know, the typical people that might retweet something like this. Uh, I, I definitely saw a difference in the way people reacted to this, as if uh, I'm saying something crazy, as if it's like, not an acceptable opinion to have. And this is, again, I'm talking about our side. I'm talking about the right. And it's it's scary. Carol, I have, this has been my frustration, as you know, for, for quite a while, a couple years now, if not longer, but it's definitely ramped up. What is it with the right? Is there a right? Do we not have a right? And I, and I think we have a right, and you think we have a right, but really there's like five of us. What is it with the right about standing up to tyranny and not recognizing it? Well, it's also, I just think the right has become so like segmented where it's like you can have certain opinions on certain parts, you know, in certain parts of the right. But if you take a step into any direction that's not like in your lane, um, it becomes a problem. I, I just I know that there are people who agree with me who can't openly say it. In fact, I mean, yesterday when that column ran, I got emails from, you know, not not like blue checks on Twitter, but like regular people who are like, thank you so much for speaking out about this. I can't say anything. I can't post to my family. You know, my family can't see me post about this on Facebook or I can't uh, talk about this with my friends because it's just not an opinion you're allowed to have. And this is baffling to me because I really don't understand who is arguing to vaccinate kids. Like who is, who are the people who are like, I have seen the data and I think my child must be vaccinated. Like, who, who is that? I want to talk to that person because I really don't get it. Even the FDA panel did not seem convinced to me. They seemed like, eh, it's probably not going to cause any harm. Let's see how this goes, which is, you know, fine, I guess, but not how I'm going to run the lives of my kids personally. So, you know, I'd like to see some pushback from people on the right, which I'm absolutely not seeing. Okay, Carol, break this down for me then. Let's just, let's say, and I'm not putting these words in your mouth, these are my words and I mean them, that the right is completely spineless and pathetic and not able to take on communists. Let's just set that aside for a moment. Let's go to human nature, not left, right, communist, right wing, anything like that. A parent in general, I mean, for the most part, loves their child. I mean, would die for their child. I have no doubt you would die for yours. I would die for mine. That's just, that's not good. or That's not even being good. That's being a parent. And yet, Without hesitation, parents will line up by the millions to inject their kids with a vaccine for a disease that does not pose any threat to them. Why? The thing is, is that I think that they're thinking to themselves, like, yes, this virus does not pose a threat to them, but the vaccine, you know, likely does not pose a threat to them either. So what's the big deal? And, um, a lot of them are going to be pushed into it from their schools. I've heard from people who, whose private schools have already mandated it and the vaccine's not even out yet. Um, so, you know, we're going to see this. I mean, you know, California has already mandated and the vaccines are not even out yet. We're absolutely going to see this. We're going to see people pushed into it. I, I really do think that it's 
um, a case of just going along to get along because they don't think there is going to be a terrible outcome here. And, you know, I, maybe I don't either. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think the vaccines are bad. I, I just think they're unnecessary. I keep saying like the, the, all the arguments to get your kids vaccinated start with the vaccines are safe. And I'm like, I don't care if the vaccine is safe. The malaria vaccine is safe. I'm not giving them that one either. Uh, the, the safety of the vaccine is sort of neither here nor there to me. It's like, why would they need this vaccine? Like, why am I giving them a random thing in their body that they absolutely don't need, no matter how safe it is? Uh, Carol, okay, people right now, I feel like they don't understand. I've been talking about this tonight on the show. I feel like they don't fully understand because they couldn't understand the pain that is coming because of these mandates. I mean, New York City alone, I I could just stick with New York City alone, Mm -hmm. 25% of cops 32% of firefighters, these numbers are staggering. People do not understand what is coming for this place and the the loss of safety, the people who will die. How are people so disconnected from reality, Carol? Or are just you and I inside the bubble people and we're the ones that are outside the box losers? You know, know, you you missed the really big one in New York City. I mean, I'm very worried about cops and firemen, but I'm very worried about sanitation workers. And I've already seen, even in my super leftist neighborhood, conversations on, you know, the the next door app saying like, oh, my garbage wasn't picked up. And I'm not really sure we need to be doing this vaccine mandate anymore. Um, So people are getting it. And especially with things like that, tangible things that they're going to, they're going to see, like the Southwest, you know, thing was was a big example of that. I think people really felt the what what happened when pilots didn't come to work. So on one hand, I think people will, will wake up. On the other hand, I just don't know. I've also heard that a lot of firemen and uh, police officers are, are taking this opportunity to retire. I, I'm not sure that people will feel the pain the way we think that they will. I, I think for a lot of people, they'll just, you know, they'll be ensconced, ensconced from this kind of uh, problem and they'll not worry about it. And, you know, their house won't, won't be set on fire, you know, won't burn down and they're, they likely won't have to call the police. So it really won't matter to them all that much. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure they do face it. Um, I'm really not sure. Carol, I, I, I'm really super Debbie Downer tonight, but I wanted to ask if people can continue to to tell themselves, it seems like, that things are so bad and going to be so bad, but they're about to turn around. I mean, New York City is actually a great example of this. Eric Adams, he's obviously about to be mayor. I'm not naive. And everyone's, so I used to be a cop. Are you going to be more moderate? Yeah, but even if he is more moderate, the far radical left they're the ones calling the shot there. He's not even going to have the opportunity to be more moderate, is he? Yeah. No, he's not. And the thing is that when we talk about things like the police and the firemen retiring or something like that going on, these people aren't staying in New York. They're not going to retire and stay in New York. That's crazy. They're going to go you know, to places where they're welcome. And so you have a situation where New York is going to get more left because all the kind of moderates and conservatives are out the door. And it's been happening for a while, but it's really going to happen now, I think. Um, and so while Eric Adams, yeah, I, I believe he is a moderate. I believe he is, you know, way to the right of Bill de Blasio. Of course, you know, he's still fairly left. Um, but what will he be when he has to cater to a very far left electorate? What will he be when he sits down with the teachers unions for the first time or, you know, any of the unions? Um, I, I really am not sure that we can count on him to maintain being a moderate. That's just reality. And the the more left an electorate gets, the more he'll have to cater to them. 
Carol Markowitz, I just wanted to thank you so much again for everything you continue to put out there. Uh, get thank down you, to Texas. Get the family down to Texas, Carol. We need you. <laughs> we need people like Carol down here. I appreciate you. Oh, wait a minute. What are you having for dinner tonight? Oh, uh, I don't know yet. <laughs> I had a song picked out, though. <laughs> Carol, it's time for you to start thinking about dinner right after breakfast the same way I do. The wife yells at me all the time. I'll be like, what are we having for dinner? She says, you just had eggs. But all right, Carol Markowitz, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, Dusty. Thanks. <sighs> all right. We're not done yet with this madness stuff, but let, let's, let's talk about something good and happy. Um, I've talked to you a lot about Pure Talk. Right, I've talked to you a lot about them because I love Pure Talk. I do. And the truth is this. I, I love the fact their CEO is a Vietnam veteran. I love the fact that I'm paying half of what I was paying with T-Mobile, who I had before this. But I've had AT&T and Verizon. I had no idea the coverage would actually be better than I had with T-Mobile. I couldn't make phone calls inside my living room with T-Mobile I haven't dropped a call inside my house once since I switched to Pure Talk. My family's in love with the thing. It's the best thing I've ever done. And I'm not tossing money at some crazy liberal every single month. And they have a 30-day risk-free guarantee right now. You don't have anything to lose. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. We'll be back. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. In another part of the world, and you may find yourself behind the It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I told you it was going to be a good night. Carol was a rock star, as always. Carol was a rock star, as always. Let's get to an email here really quick. You'll enjoy this. Dear Master Storyteller. I am masterful at storytelling, Chris. What? You know what's actually funny is I never considered myself a good storyteller, but people say that stuff all the time. I don't know. I guess I'll take it. I guess I'll take it. I'm a very riveting person, Chris, and interesting. You wouldn't know anything about that. And we'll take some phone calls tonight, 877-377-4373. I was turned on to you in early August this year and have become an avid follower. I love the way you tell your stories and the way you explain all things. I've enjoyed the stories of your many jobs and places you've lived. As you have told these stories, you start, you start out as a single man, and then when it's all said and done, you're married with children. I wonder if you'd tell the story of how you met your dime gymnast wife and how it came to pass that a man of your stature, because I'm 6'8", hooked up with someone who's maybe 5'6". I only guess at her height since most really good female gymnasts are about 5'5 five, five or less. If this is so, I would imagine you have some good courtship stories that are family friendly. <laughs> Love your show. Hate how handsome my wife thinks you are. <laughs> you know what? I will tell you that story real quick, just real quick about meeting the wife, because we do have to talk about uh, they were smuggling cocaine in kids' lunchboxes in New York City. And that's awful, but it's also kind of hilarious. Well, we'll get to that in a second, Chris. We'll get to that in a second. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I was a single guy. I got back from Iraq, and pretty cl- close after I got back from Iraq, I got out of the Marine Corps, and I moved to Arizona. My old man, when I had joined the Marine Corps, had started a construction company. had moved it to Arizona. That's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to go back in construction, do my construction thing. I go to Arizona, and I'm not doing great. Uh, not doing great mentally, I guess you should say. 
I don't think I want to call it PTSD, although that's probably what it was. I was not. I was a very angry, very violent person. I was pretty fresh back from Iraq, and when I say not doing great, I wanted to go to work. I was going to community college, not to brag, when I wasn't at work, and then when I was done with that, I would go back to my apartment, and I would close all the blinds and sit in the dark and drink beer by myself. So when I say not doing great, I mean, I really wasn't doing great, and Look, I'll just be honest with you here. I would sit in class, and I would sit in the back, and I wore a ball cap, and I pulled it real low over my eyes, and I would have, I don't know, fantasies is probably the wrong way to put it, but I would daydream about hurting the various people in class. Like if some dude made me mad or asked a stupid question, I would think, you know what, I'd love to just go smash that guy right now. I'm really not doing great. Really really not doing great. So that's where I'm at in life. And, yes, I joke because it was a community college, but it was still Arizona. I mean, there are dimes everywhere. And I'm a single dude, and I'm, geez, what was I, 23? I'm, I'm just, there's dimes all over the place. I didn't even really want to talk to girls. I just wanted to be left alone. But there was this girl in front of me, and I'm not going to give out her name, and I hope she's not listening because she'll probably remember this. There was a girl in front of me. And she kept turning around and talking to me, and she was very, very nice. I mean, just was very nice with me. And I didn't, I didn't mind talking to her. It was okay. Um, but she was not, gosh, how can I put this? She was not somebody I would be attracted to. Uh, is that the night? Don't, Chris. Don't make, no, don't, no. We're not, you're going to use that word. It's not somebody I would ever consider dating. Just physically, there, there's, there's not going to be attraction there. Chris, I'm not going to mention the curves. You said curves. I don't, Did I say curves? And besides, I've wrestled heavyweight before. It's fine. We're not talking about that right now. Let's talk, focus on something else. But one day, she turns around, and she asks me if I'm dating anyone. Well, obviously, what are you thinking? I know what I was thinking in that moment. This chick is getting ready to ask me out. And again, this is not somebody, I didn't mind talking to her, but this is not somebody I wanted to date. So I thought about lying. I was so close to lying. But I don't know why, probably a gift from God. I said, no, I'm not dating anyone. And she didn't say, well, do you want to go out with me? She said to me, you'd be perfect for my roommate and I, I, I'm acting interested at this point in time. And I say to her, okay, who's your roommate? She said, she's on the University of Arizona gymnastics team. To which I said, you know what? I actually will meet your roommate after all. I have, I have decided to come around and I would like to meet your roommate. <laughs> and she's not 5'6 or 5'5, five, five, I should point out. <clears throat> she's 5'2. Maybe 5'2. She tries to claim 5'3". She's 5'2 and a small 5'2". And in case you're wondering, meeting her for the first time, as you know, I'm a pretty classy person. I'm a very classy individual. Everyone who knows me would say I'm all class. So naturally, I met her for pitchers of beer to go shoot pool somewhere. I will just say, fellas... Treat your woman with respect at all times, at all times, gentlemen. But it doesn't hurt to watch her shoot pool. It certainly doesn't hurt to watch her shoot pool. That's number one. Tidbit number two for the fellas out there. Again, 
while being respectful at all times. That's somebody's daughter. Keep in mind, my first actual date, because we hit it off when we were shooting pool, my first actual date with her took her out to dinner. Nothing expensive. I didn't have any money. Took her out to dinner. Just basic restaurant. Remember, guys, you don't have to blow out your budget for it. Yeah, you're paying for the meal. You're paying for the meal. It's, it's basic meals, fine, man. They, they know you're not made of money, all right? But then we went putt-putt golfing. And she even did the thing. She was probably lying, but chicks are so slick with this stuff. She did. She was probably lying. She did this thing. I don't know how to golf. And I was like, look, look here, little lady. I'm more than happy to teach you. I'm going to assist you in learning how to putt-putt golf. Putt-putt golfed. Ten months later, ten months later, I asked her to marry me. And that was that. And that was that. She still hasn't left me yet, so it's still working out, Chris. <laughs> New York City cocaine smuggling ring allegedly used kids' lunch boxes to hide drugs. Five men were indicted Wednesday for allegedly running a vast narcotics conspiracy where they smuggled millions of dollars worth of cocaine into New York City using children's lunch boxes. Man, I couldn't even get a snack pack when I was a kid. All right, we're going to talk about Joe Biden next. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show. And don't forget, we got Darren Beatty coming up about 25 minutes from now, January 6th. What happened that day? Anyone know? I mean, I know what we were told. Coup, insurrection, violent Trump supporters trying to take over America. What actually happened that day? Oh, we're going to find out. Now, I have a request. 877-377-4373. Actually, I have two requests. One, tomorrow's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. You know what that means. That means get your questions emailed in now. For you new listeners, the entire show on Friday is me answering your emails. Email jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Doesn't matter what you ask me. Doesn't have to be political can be men, women, jobs, history, stupid things. Email it to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Chris prints them all off for me. I read them all. Request number two, 877-377-4373. I brought up before, I brought up before that businesses don't have a surplus of employees. You see all these politicians and idiots out there now. Well, we've got 92%. Well, we're at 80%. Um, the economy cannot survive a 10, 20, even 5% reduction in the workforce. That's a really big deal. So my request is 877-377-4373, where you work, whether it's your company, whether you're just an employee, whether you're the manager, I want you to call me and let me know just how overstaffed you are. What would 5 10% of your workforce disappearing look like? I want to hear. 877-377-4373. But before I get to that and your emails and everything else, I promised you this. Rutgers University costs $27,000 a year to send your child to school to Rutgers University. A lot of parents are doing it too. A lot of them. 
upper middle class parents, oftentimes Republicans, love America. Woohoo! Rutgers, baby. Oftentimes it's because they went to Rutgers. Oh, little Bryson's going to Rutgers with my alma mater. I'm so proud of him. Yeah. Um, this is what little Bryson's learning at Rutgers. I think that white people are committed to being villains in the aggregate, right? The real sort of issue here, and I, you know, I've heard people sort of say it, is one, I think that white people viscerally fear. It's not that white people don't know, right, what they have done. They know. They fear that there is no other way to be human but the way in which they are human, which is to, so you know, like you talk to white people and whenever you, you really want to have a reckoning about it, they say stuff like, it's just human nature. If y'all had all of this power, you would have done the same thing, right? And it's like, no, that's what white humans did. White human beings thought there's a world here and we own it. Prior to them, black and brown people have been sailing across oceans, interacting with each other for centuries without total subjugation, domination, and colonialism. And that's the thing that white people don't trust us to do because they are so corrupt you know, their thinking is so morally and spiritually bankrupt about power that they can't let, you know, they fear viscerally, existentially letting go of power because they cannot imagine that there's another way to be. It is either that you dominate or you are dominated. And isn't it sad? That I, I think that we got the idea, Chris. I think we got the idea. So let me see. About $30,000 a year. Carry the one. $120,000. You're spending $120,000 to have that child you love, that child you raised from the time they were born. You taught that child your values. You love that child. I know you do. You love that child. You want what's best for that child because I know how I think about my kids. You want that child to grow up and to be a, a, a success in some way, right? Whatever, whatever you envision success as. And... You love that child so much, you're willing to oftentimes go into serious debt as a parent to send that child off so they can do what? So they can go to college. And you can brag to your neighbor friends about it. Little Billy got into Rutgers. I'm so proud of Billy. And then he goes, and for four years, he learns to hate you and hate himself and hate his country. We have to stop this. We have to stop this horrible tradition where we feel like you have to go to the university system in this country, where you feel like you have to send your child off to the university system in this country. I'm never going to let this go. Yes, I realize there are a million jobs. Maybe your child has something they want to do and they need a degree as a gateway to get into it. Well, yeah, okay, do what you got to do. Try to pick the right school if you can. Get them in and get them out of there. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But my goodness, this old way of thinking where everyone needs to go to college, you got to have a degree. It's not just wrong. It would be one thing if it was wrong. Like people who like nuts in the dessert, they're wrong, but they're not practically suicidal. It's suicidal to send off our young people to these universities. And this person, this Rutgers professor, understands something. This isn't a one-off. I could spend all three hours of my show playing you professor after professor after professor. America's evil. America sucks. White people are evil. Straight people are evil. Christians are evil. Evil, evil. evil. Just 
pouring that filth into the eyes and ears of your kid. And let me caution you not to do the thing I hear so much from parents, especially parents like you who love your kids and took time with your kids. I know you did. I know you did because I'm a bad parent and I take time with my kids. I hear this a lot. Jesse, not my kid. Not my kid. My kid, he's been reading the Constitution. Not my kid. We're in church every Sunday. Not my kid. I talk to my kid about... Your child is 18 when you send them off to college. Not a 40-year-old person who has everything they believe pretty much down pat, and they're, they're set. 18. They are very susceptible to the environment you throw them in. Very susceptible to it. Be careful. I don't say that to you just because I hate the university system in America. But full disclosure, I do. When when people ask me what is one specific thing you could do to save the country, I'm really not joking or just doing it up for radio. Take the top 10, 20, 50 universities in America and fire every employee and burn the university to the ground and salt, salt the ground where it used to stand as a memory to everyone else for the disgustingness it's put out. I really mean that. Because these horrible universities are putting out our leaders of tomorrow. But it's not just my hatred of universities is telling you that. It's the fact I know you love your kids. I know you love your kids. Be careful with them. Be really careful with them. And on that note, made everybody mad last night. Well, that's not true. I made a bunch of people mad last night. I put something out there. And since I made everyone mad, I might as well go ahead and put it out there again. I put it out on social media so you probably didn't see it. What I said was this, and I mean it all the way. My sons, I have two of them. I've been saying one of them's 12. Turns out one of them's 11 and the other one's 12. I I got their ages mixed up. Like I said, I'm not the best parent in the world. But my sons, you could ask them right now. They would tell you. My dad is kicking me out when I graduate high school. And this is not some new thing to them. I have told them that their entire lives. My job as a father is not to coddle my boys. My job as a father is to make sure when they are kicked out at the age of 18, they can survive in this world. That's why I teach them manners and speak up, and shake hands, and look people in the eye, and show up on time, and don't leave early. And when I give them tasks, go get me a screwdriver, go find this, go find that, they know, do not return to dad until the task is complete. And that's why we raise them in that way, because I am kicking them out, and I am kicking them out. Oh, but Jesse, that's so mean. Life is mean. I didn't say I was kicking them out. I'm never talking to them again. I'm always going to be there. You go fly, fly, little birdie. But have you seen what rent costs? Tough. Get a roommate. I did. Life's hard. Oh, but I can't. What about, what about love? Brother, they're never going to go hungry. You can always come right back in my house and have a meal. Get out. Go live. Jesse, they're only 18. People were bayoneting Japanese soldiers in the stomach at 16 in World War II because they lied on their papers. Don't do this whiny thing of only 18 years old, 18-year-old men defend this country and every, every country in the history of mankind. Take the helmet off your kid in the bathtub. Kick him out of the house. Your phone calls next. 
877-377-4373. Exactly how will your industry be hurt if you lose 5, 10, 20% of it? We'll get right back to that, but first. All right, I'm calm down now. I'm calm down. And I just want to tell you about something happy for a change. Eden Pure Thunderstorm made it so I don't have to take allergy medication anymore. And I'm supposed to come on here and tell you about the Eden Pure air purifier as, as it you know cleans the air. And it does clean the air. That's the nice part about it. It doesn't cover up smells. It actually cleans out your air. They call it the thunderstorm because it creates an atmosphere in your house that's the same as during a thunderstorm or after one. That's why the air smells so good. It does that in your home. But it took care of my allergies. I don't have to take that stupid over-the-counter allergy medication anymore. I own three of them. You can too. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE and the number three, that's JESSE and the number three, you get three of them for under 200 bucks. That's over $200 in savings. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE3. The Jesse Kelly Show. I like it. Returns next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and you heard what I want to know. Remember, when I go to the phones here, no small talk. Nobody wants to hear us say hi and how are you and I love you. Get right to the point. 877-377-4373. You hear it all over the country right now. Biden's saying it. De Blasio, all these guys. Well, we're 92%. Well, we're at 80% vaccination. It's not a big deal. Only, only 75% of people are already vaccinated. We're good to go. Okay, I want to hear, how will your industry be affected if 5, 10, 20% of the people just walk off the job? Chris in Washington, go boss. I work for a state agency in Washington. Uh, Due to Governor Inslee's mandate, the agencies under his authority have lost about 3% of people. Um, In my own office, in my section, if we lose one person, going to be a dumpster fire we potentially will be losing five in the next week or two so Mm. um he also wants to mandate private businesses to do this as well it's not going to be good for washingtonians Mm -mm. thank you chris joaquin in pennsylvania go boss so jesse yeah i mean i'm a truck driver and uh it would hurt us joaquin your cell coverage sucks switch to pure talk and call back Nick in Connecticut. Go, bud. How are you doing? I'm a contractor, uh, concrete construction, uh, commercial landscape, commercial snow removal. I'm not mandating any vaccine issues. Uh, my liability underwriters and my workman's comp underwriters stated if there were a claim in any direction that I would be covered. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dodge issuing a mandate, and we do make sure that each individual has their own piece of equipment when it comes to pickup trucks or wheel loaders, et cetera, while we're in our operations. So uh, I think I'm covered. But uh, Good man. Good man. Steven, go in Texas. Jesse, uh, I live uh, in the, the Houston area, as you do. Uh, I work for Fortune 100 Company. Uh, we actually are in power generation. We make the power that keeps your lights on here in Texas and all over the country. We actually refine, build the machinery that refines your. Cannot say that word on the air, boss. Cannot say that word on the air. 
Go on, David, in Tennessee. Rough start so far. Go, buddy. Hey, buddy. So I work in the medical field. I work with the mental handicap. If we lose any more employees, it's going to be extremely devastating. This Biden mandate needs to stop, and it needs to stop right now. People are fed up. We're not dealing with Okay. All right. Uh, let, let's do a quick pause on, on the phones here because we just had to do this again. I need everyone to understand something. You're not offending me with your potty words. All right. I grew up in construction and then the Marine Corps. You're not offending me in the least. I'm not, I'm not your priest. This is a terrestrial radio show. This is not a podcast. It gets turned into a podcast when the show was done on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. This is not a podcast. By law, you cannot cuss on the air. And I wouldn't let you do it anyway because I promise everybody it's a family show. So even if you could, I would cut it off if you did because there's a delay. And so I cut you off before you do it. Don't cuss. No cuss words. You know what Chris You know what Chris tells the guests before they come on? He tells our guests, professionals, don't say anything you wouldn't say in front of your grandma. No cussing. Clear? Randy in Ohio. Let's try to keep it PG. Go, boss. Restaurant industry. Okay. Already totally devastated by the COVID, whatever you want to call it. And if they go ahead and do mandates, you're going to see major chains will, all, will be all that's left. Okay, explain that to me because I've heard this before, Randy. I don't mean to put you, on, put you on the spot, but I continue to hear it will only be major chains left and the smaller restaurants will be wiped out. I have a decent understanding of it, but you're the owner. Explain why. All of your other industries and major chain restaurants – all provide benefits and and they have power of buying larger quantities and get lower prices and so they can pay their employees more money so as they lose employees not only in the restaurant industry but other industries those people who work currently for mom and pop places not only restaurants but hardware stores and those kind of places are going to see the dollars that are being offered by the major chains and the other businesses trying to staff themselves and we're going to lose all the people that we have because we're a bottom feeder. I mean, I mean, just saying most of your people work in restaurants are working at a very low wage. And if they can go to Costco and make $17 an hour to start, or they can go to a major change like um, Starbucks or McDonald's and make 15 or $16 an hour when the mom and pop places without benefits, can't afford to pay them more than $13, $14, which is a stretch. Most guys are going in at $10, $12. It'll just run you out of business because then you end up having to raise your prices to try to compete, and you're going to end up with nothing but carry-out and delivery places, no inside dining. Um, all the major chains will be the ones that are able to hire people and pay them enough money to keep them where the, the smaller places won't be able to. Outstanding phone call. Thank you so much, Randy. I've heard that before from restaurant owners. And don't worry, I, I'm going to take some more. We have Darren Beatty coming on next. He has a bunch of inside information on January 6th. I'm not going to let this go. 
I have people on the line of various industries, 877-377-4373. This mandate wipes out 5 10% of your industry, whatever it is. Tell me what that means. Tell me what that means. That was an excellent call. I've heard that before from restaurant owners of all the small independent ones, all the family shops, they're going to disappear. And every single restaurant you have is going to be owned by one of these megacorps. And these megacorporations already own more of the restaurants you go to than you think they do, which is fine. But I like the small ones, too. I mean, I pretty much prefer the small ones. You find some little family joint, you get some of the best food you've ever had in your life in some little family joint. Everything's going to be Amazon now. Everything's going to be some major corporation. And that's garbage. That's garbage. All right, January 6th, this dangerous coup by Trump supporters almost took down the government. Darren Beatty, he's going to join us next to talk about that. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Did Darren pick this song? This is the song he picked. As you know, the guests get to pick their own music on this show. And man, I don't think who even is that joining me now, Darren Beatty. Darren, we'll get to the important stuff in a second. Who is that? That was nice. I liked it. That's a great band called Corrosion of Conformity from the 80s. Corrosion. That's from the 80s and I didn't even hear of it. Gosh, what's wrong with me? All right. All right. Joining me now is Darren Beatty. He's been doing incredible stuff when it comes to getting accurate information out there. Now, Darren, I remember January 6th very well. And I remember the news. I remember the left. I remember 90, 95% of the right. They said that day, and most of them have been saying it ever since that this was a dangerous armed coup from Trump supporters to take down the United States government. Darren, what have you learned? Well, that's a very good question. And there's a lot at stake in this question as well, because these false narratives that, oh, Trump supporters attempted an insurrection, that 1-6 is a 9-11 style event, these narratives are really being used to usher in what amounts to a domestic war on terror, war on terror 2.0, this time directed against American citizens, particularly Trump supporters, and really anyone who harnesses the energy associated with Trump's victory. And so in the aftermath of on six, we saw these narratives, oh, it was an insurrection, oh, it was, you know, siege on the Capitol. I think the overwhelming truth about it is that it wasn't anywhere near that severe. The only people who died were Trump supporters themselves under very tragic circumstances. And most people, you know, there were a lot of people who uh, maybe stepped over the line and got caught up in the crowd psychology and so forth. But I think what Revolver.News, my news organization, has really kind of shaken the narrative from its very foundations about is to whom do we ascribe the most insurrectiony type uh, elements of 1-6? Namely, we have the major militia groups, the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. And then you have the opening scene of breaking down the barricades. And some of our first research looked at the charging documents related to the big boogeyman militia groups that everyone said, oh, they're doing all the militia style stuff that's very dangerous. And what we found, looking very carefully at the charging documents of the Oath Keepers, the most prosecuted group in 1-6, is a curious 
what I call a reverse RICO structure, whereby you have a lot of the little fish, a lot of the underlings, who are being prosecuted, and a lot of the big fish just let free. And normally, that would be because they're using the little fish to get to the big fish. But if you look at the charging documents, you'll see that the big fish actually have done more egregious things than the little fish. And in many cases, some of the big fish, they're using their statements and actions to prosecute the little fish. So there's this reverse RICO structure that doesn't make any sense if you look at it in normal terms. It makes a really disturbing sense if you look just months before the so-called siege on the Capitol to the so-called Michigan plot, where it turns out the FBI was full of informants, full of uh, operatives. And in fact, 12 out of the 26 people that have been accused of the, the Michigan plot turned out to be federal agents. And so this is the context within which I think we need to understand 1-6, and this is the narrative that Revolver.News has propounded to uh, tremendous um, influence across the country, which is, was 1-6 really the result of an intelligence failure, or was it a result of an intelligence setup? And I think it's looking increasingly like the latter. Okay, so let's, let's unpack this just briefly here. Again, we're speaking with Darren Beattie, and he is putting out some of the best stuff about the, the honest truth about January 6th. You mentioned RICO, and just so everybody knows, for anyone who's not aware, that's what they use to take down organized crime all the time. You, you, you find a bunch of dudes, they're all involved together in one big criminal conspiracy, you get to convict everyone at once. And you mentioned the little fish normally help take down the big big fish. Everyone's seen God, good fellas, right? The little guy testifies and brings down the boss. Right. You, you said the big fish are the ones testifying against the little fish, so I'm assuming that means leaders of groups like the Oath Breakers. Now, Darren... I know what I can hypothesize from that. If there is a leader of that group taking down the little fish, I hypothesize that that guy was a fed all along who prompted this whole thing. But I don't want to speak out of turn. You've done the research. What do you see? Well, yeah. So um, the first piece that came out that really changed the entire national narrative propounded the general thesis looking at the charging documents and saying, look, in light of the Michigan plot, which was infiltrated, fed infiltrated to an astonishing ratio, and it happened just months before the siege on the Capitol, and it involves one of the three main militia groups imputed to 1-6, and actually, amazingly, the head of the Detroit field office who oversaw that infiltration operation, the day after all of these so-called plotters, Michigan plotters were arrested, FBI Director Ray promotes this guy, his name is Stephen D'Antuono, to head the D.C. field office and oversee a lot of the 1-6 prosecution. Oh. So there's a lot of really interesting stuff there. I could go on and on, but I want to just really focus on the, the key um, uh, salient bits here. And that is after our first thesis that just said, look, here, here's the general kind of research proposal. We've noticed uh, really interesting discrepancies in the charging documents between the people that are actually prosecuted and the people are not. There's a really weird thing going on here with selective non-prosecution, and the best possible explanation looks to be some prior relationship with the federal government. Then we really zero in this thesis on a particular individual, um, and that is Stuart Rhodes, who's the founder and head of the Oath Keepers Militia. As I mentioned, this is the most prosecuted militia group associated with 1-6. It's associated with the, ooh, the scary uh, stack, as they call it, of people went into the Capitol and so forth. And when you study this, 
When you look at the charging documents related to the Oath Keepers, what you find is something very strange. People, you know, there some are charged with going into the Capitol, but the most serious charge is not really going into the Capitol. The most serious charge is a conspiracy charge, and that is to conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, and that is the Senate proceeding, which would certify the presidential election. So um, in order to establish that conspiracy, if you look at the government's argument and theory of the case, it's overwhelmingly leaning on the statements and actions of the head of the organization who remains unindicted. And perhaps more remarkably than the fact that he remains unindicted after all this time when his statements and actions have been used to uh, uh, go against a lot of underlings and fellow travelers of the Oath Keepers, what's perhaps more amazing than that is he hasn't even been properly searched. In fact, as far as I've been able to tell and my research team has been able to tell, the full extent of what he's been searched is he had a single phone searched four months after January 6th. And you compare that with the kind of full, full-on FBI raid. They go into your house. They overturn everything. They take all your electronics. Some cases, they take your kid's tablet. The whole works. This guy, who's the head of the whole militia group, and you don't even have to be a suspect to be searched, they give him four months to potentially destroy anything that could be useful to them, and they take a single phone. Now, again, you know, stop me if, if you need to digest it, but one possible explanation for this is they don't want his communications because legally the prosecution in all these cases, they're legally required to turn over any potentially exculpatory evidence to defense. And that would, of course, include relying on informants or agents who may have engaged in entrapment or something like this to turn over any communications that such people may have had with their federal handlers. And in fact, this has become a major component of the defense case in the Michigan plot, which, as I mentioned, was fully infiltrated by the feds in a very similar style fashion, which involved, amazingly, a plan to uh, siege the Michigan state capitol. So it's like the coincidences really pile up. His name is Darren Beatty. I would recommend checking out all of his stuff on this. Do not believe the narrative you've been fed. It looks really, really ugly. And we're going to unpack that next. Darren, thank you. Appreciate it, brother. Yep, thank you. All right, we're going to talk about what that means what that might mean, what it sure sounds like it means. And again, 877-377-4373. If your industry is about to be severely hurt by 5 10% of your people walking away or getting fired because of vaccine mandates, I want to know about it. I want people to know what's coming. So buckle up. We're getting to that next. And I'll tell you one thing. I'm glad it hasn't happened here. I'm glad I'm not, I'm not subject to these things. I'm glad I don't have to. I don't have a vaccine mandate over my head, and I'm glad that I that I get to talk about companies like My Pillow. They wouldn't dream about doing that to somebody. They wouldn't dream about telling someone, "Oh, make this personal health decision, or you're fired." It's it's one of the reasons I'm so proud to talk about them. They were all over news stories that matter to this country early, early on. My pillow's been all over the election early, early on. And look, it doesn't hurt. They have the best stuff out there. 
including Giza Dream Sheets. Giza Dream Sheets that for a limited time only are buy one, get one free. And I mentioned this before. Let me mention it again. I would recommend getting some as Christmas gifts now. Why not? They're buy one, get one free. Get something for mom and dad. Get some for your cousins. Get some for your sister. Go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code JESSE and you get Giza Dream Sheets. Buy one, get one free. MyPillow.com. Promo code JESSE. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And yeah, look, I'll, I'll get to your calls here in a minute. 877-377-4373. We've been talking about vaccine mandates and how industries cannot handle five, 10% losses. They, these the Biden and de Blasio and every one of these idiots. No, we're fine. We're at 90%. We're at 85%. Buddy, five, 10% of an industry, it ends the industry. The industries aren't flush with people. Industries, by their very nature, have just the right amount of people they need. You have 5% of people walking off the job, you're in deep trouble. Doug in Jersey. How's the trucking industry, Doug? Hey, it's uh, not so great. Uh, we need some truck drivers out there. There's a commentary on Daniel Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google. And there's a podcast. The judge says he's going to jail me if I could prove he took a bribe. And Daniel's WordPress says blur the other lines. I don't know what happened there, but that was awful. None of that was good. None of that was good. Every, every part of that was awful. Just that entire thing is awful. So let me see. Let me see. This is why, this is why I suspend phone calls for a week at a time. We've had like four phone calls tonight. Two have had to be dropped for cussing. That one was talking about some YouTube videos or something. This next one, this next one better not suck. Johnny, go. You have everyone's life in your hands. Go. Well, the situation is if we lose one person in our warehouse, it's going to cause a, a, a congestion that's it's, it's unacceptable. We got to keep the product moving and keep the trucks filled. And the good thing is, we don't mandate vaccines. That's why we still got our people. Amazon, UPS are paying $22 an hour to start now, but you have to be vaccinated. If we had vaccine mandates, we would lose all our people. Forget 5 or 10%. They just walk. Luckily, we got people that don't want the vaccine. And they're sticking around to load the trucks and empty the containers. Thank you, Johnny. Appreciate you. Robert in Houston. Go, bud. Yes, sir. I want to touch on uh, the kids being kicked out at 18. Um, I was 13 and doing painting. Robert, uh, press the phone up to your mouth and then talk. All right, let's, 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 we're going to move on here. We're going to move on. Let's unpack what Darren Beatty just said. Let's unpack what Darren Beatty just said. I didn't say it. They've been digging through it. Remember what he called it? It's like a reverse RICO. There's the leader of the leaders of these groups, like the Oath Keepers. And I know the Oath Keepers. I've run into them a million times. It seemed like good dudes. I don't know. I don't know anything about them, but the Oath Keepers. The Oath Keepers, their leadership, their leadership is testifying against the normal members and getting these normal members sent to prison. 
let's just be honest about what, what we see here. That's leadership that was working with the feds. Okay, that's that that alone is a little bit concerning, but then when you think about the videos you see online, I have seen this video. One of the leaders of the Oath Keepers on January 6th going around multiple locations. There are multiple video angles of this. Chris, go ahead and put this on our show's Twitter page at Jesse Kelly Show. It's on the show's Twitter page. This guy bouncing around encouraging people to march on the Capitol itself time and time and time again. This guy is not under indictment, not under indictment. So let's just be honest about what this sounds like. This sounds like not only in Michigan, but also in Washington, D.C., the feds, be that FBI or whoever, engineering this stuff themselves in order to justify cracking down on it? That is creepy, despot stuff. And this is not what you know, I don't do wild things here on the show. I mean, obviously, I realize I say a bunch of things that other people don't say, but you know, I don't do tinfoil on your head stuff on the show. These are the things that, that are laid out in front of me. How am I supposed to take this any other way? Is the federal government purposely trying to make the right out to be domestic terrorists and encouraging things that will make the right look like that so they then can justify sending the federal government against the right? How am I supposed to take this any other way than that this is the left having infiltrated the government, finding a way to use the force of government against the right by defining the right as domestic terrorists. Is, is there a second way to put this? I'm mean, Chris, am I out of line? Am I, am I, that's what it sounds like to me. And what if that's where we are? What if that's where we are? What if, what if we're at a place right now in the United States of America where not Democrats or Republicans, forget about the politicians for a minute. What if we're at a place in America where the Federal Bureau of Investigation has its sights set on you and me? What if that's where we are? What if, what if, as we speak, the Federal Bureau of Investigation is sitting around a table talking about how to set you up and send you to jail for being a Republican. You think that's a big deal? I think that's the biggest deal in the world. All right. We'll try this one more time. 877-377-4373. Fire away with your calls. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show and yes tomorrow tomorrow is an ask Dr. Jesse Friday get your questions in now to Jesse at Jesse Kelly show.com Jesse at Jesse Kelly show.com we don't do guests on Fridays we don't do phone calls on Friday and if tonight was any indication we may never do phone calls again I'm kidding I'll, I'll let you get your calls because I do want to hear about your industries here in a second but 
What does it mean? We just talked to Darren Beatty. What does it mean if the Federal Bureau of Investigation is starting plots to make it look like they're right-wing plots and then using the plots they started to go after right-wingers? That is creepy, no? No? That is, I'll tell you what, we are in trouble. All right. Let's go to Evan in Denver. Go, Evan. Hey, Jesse. Um, I'm a small subcontractor here in Denver, Colorado. We do uh, solar work uh, for a lot of commercial projects. And, I, I, you know, you're, you're talking about losing part of your workforce, but I think it's having a cascading effect with with these mandates because uh, I, I've gotten to the final stage of, of getting a contract on a uh, government building to install solar and they won't even let you on site so you know with us small guys are losing a lot of money too um <laughs> because we, we just can't we can't even enter the site without proof of vaccination you know i didn't even think about that i didn't even think about it affecting the small contractors too of course that would make sense and understand this because i grew up in the contracting world there are gigantic contractors out there. These companies that just grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And I'm not, remember, I'm not anti-big business, but there are these gigantic ones. And then there are smaller ones. Well, if you go bid a project, like let's say uh, City of Houston decided they needed 20 miles of sewer line. 20 miles of sewer line. It's City of Houston. They would put that project most likely out for bid. They'd say, oh, here's the project. Everybody who's licensed and qualified for it. Come put in a bid at this time, and you end up getting face-to-face with a lot of these gigantic contractors who have offices in China and Canada and all over the world, and you're just some little mom-and-pop shop with 10 employees. So I didn't even think about that. Oh, man, this is going to get expensive. I'm telling you what. Barbara in Kingwood, Texas. Go, Barbara. Hello, I work for a very large insurance company, a building in Sugarland, Texas, and in my little microcosm of the world, there are six nurses on my team, four of whom will be put on administrative leave on 1130 and fired on 1231. And people that I am speaking to who also work for the same company throughout the country are telling me the numbers are the same. I'm not much of a percentage person, but I think you can dissect the numbers and understand that, that this company is going to lose not only a lot of nurses, but a lot of administrative folks, data analysts, you name it, because of these mandates. And this is a nationwide company, Barbara? Yes, sir, it is. Nationwide company. company. Uh, Barbara, what kind of effect do you think a nationwide nurse shortage would have? Do you think that might cost some lives, Barbara? I think it might. Mm-hmm. And we Thank you for the phone call. Isn't that amazing? That's why I wanted to put it out there. Nationwide nurse shortage. I've already brought this up to you before. There are surgeries being postponed because they can't get surgical equipment and they're running out of staff already. Running out of staff. Gosh, that is amazing. Let's get to a few emails. Burger Chief Extraordinaire Kelly. I would like to add a couple things to your interview tips. Oh, oh, I've, I've been going off about this, about teaching people some basics on stuff. And no, I, I, I'm not 
I'm not writing a book about starting a career, but I was talking about why I'm kicking my sons out of the house at 18. I think it's important for them to go figure out how to live on their own, be independent, be responsible. And look, you have to prepare them for that. I mean, I've never been more proud. My 12-year-old got up the other morning, went over to the stove, made himself scrambled eggs. <laughs> my 11-year-old, I told you before, when I got up the other morning, made himself a smoothie and made me one. I left me a note on the counter. Dad, check the fridge. Your smoothie's ready. We're raising them that way. Oh, another little tidbit. I've brought this up to people before. If you fly with your kids, if they're old enough to walk around and read, if you fly with your kids... Hand them the ticket when you get through security. Hand them the ticket and tell them, get me to the gate. They have all the information they need. Don't ask me for help. Get me to the gate. You have the flight number. You have the destination. There are monitors everywhere. There are big signs on the ceiling. Don't look to daddy. Don't look to mommy. You get me to the gate. And then when you get off the plane, get me out of here. But I don't understand. Do you think I have the airport memorized? Figure it out. Use your mind. But on top of kicking them out, I, I had a lot of people say there, there was a lot. I mean, most of the response, to be honest with you, was, was positive. People agreed. But the people who were pushing back were saying things. There was a lot of people pushing back saying things like, you don't understand the job market. You don't understand what it's like trying to find a job. Brother, I've had to hire and fire a bunch of people. I don't think you understand just how many turds there are looking for work. See, this is the thing about get it people. You're probably a get it person. Get it people. You want to be a get it person. There are great advantages to being a get it people, but there is one big disadvantage. Sometimes get it people lack confidence because they think everyone else gets it too. Most people do not get it. Most people have no idea how life actually works. I put out these tips before, and I'll finish reading this email, and this goes for everybody, old, young, whatever. If you show up on time, do not leave early. Do not office gossip. Resist that. Do not office gossip. And when the boss gives you a task, you return to your boss only when it's complete, not when it gets hard, not when you need him to... You return when it's complete. If you do those four things, those are not special skills, by the way. All that takes is want to. You do those four things, you are in the top 15 to 20% of employees in the United States of America. And you think I'm lying, but I'm not. Listen to this. If you can speak on the phone, clearly, enunciate, and then when you're not talking, shut up and listen to what they say, and then respond to what they say. See, everyone's laughing and rolling your eyes. Well, yeah, obvious. No, no, you don't understand. It's obvious to you because you're a get-it person. Other people are not get-it people. If you can do these basic things, you are stupidly marketable. It's what I've been telling people who are losing their jobs or getting ready to lose their jobs about these mandates. You listen to talk radio, right-wing talk radio. I know there are some hard times coming, and I'm not minimizing that. That's why I'm fighting so hard on it. I'm telling you, a lot of you are going to land way better than what you left because you don't know how marketable you are, and you're about to find out. Uh, the wife the wife uh, majored in accounting. You know, she was on an athletic scholarship. While I, was, while I was at community college, she was at an athletic scholarship in Arizona. And then so she graduates with uh, an accounting degree. 
and I start working construction and doing project management, working my way up that way, she starts uh, doing some basic auditing for somebody. And then we we just decided, you know, let's have some kids, although that was kind of an accident. We're not going into the details of that. So she quits. She didn't apply for work or work for, gosh, I'm guessing on this 10 years, 10 years. And she just decided this was a few years ago. You know, I'm going to go back to work. Kids are getting older. I've got some time. I'm going to go ahead and go back to work. We had no idea that she was she would be marketable at all. She hasn't been in the workforce in a decade, right? Oh, surely she's going to be persona non grata, except she shows up on time. She works. She has manners, dresses appropriately for the job, and doesn't office gossip. She had like 10 offers. She was so, We were sorting through the offers her first day back. Get it, people have opportunities. So teach your kids how to get it. That was what I drove home. Anyway, this guy continues on. When you interview, wear a dress, shirt, and tie. It shows respect to the person interviewing you. A firm handshake, eye contact, and calling them sir and ma'am is, is important as well. Doing these things along with your tips is evergreen, as while there are less of us now, the types of people who become leaders and who own businesses will probably not change much. Everything he just said there was 100% correct. I don't care if you're applying to... Cook the fries at Chick-fil-A. You show up in a shirt and tie. Oh, that's so stupid. No, no, I, I, I know. I know your dad didn't, didn't do right by you, so I am. I don't care if you think it's stupid. I would agree in a vacuum it is stupid, yet it shows a level of effort and respect for the person interviewing you. And the five turds in front of you, they all wore T-shirts and jeans with holes in them. You got hired when you got out of your car when you're dressed nice. You don't know that you did, but you did. All right, I'll get to some more of these, some more calls, 877-377-4373. Look, how how long have we been talking about economic consequences tonight and shortages here and no truckers there and how bad all this stuff gets when I'm telling you to buy gold, have gold delivered to your front door from Oxford Gold Group? That's exactly what I mean. Get gold delivered to your door from Oxford Gold Group. I am not telling you to do anything radical, and I never will. And I'm not telling you to do anything I haven't done. That money may go away tomorrow. You've seen the inflation numbers. They're they're telling you it's going to keep going up. Get some gold delivered to your front door. 833-995-GOLD. When you talk to Oxford, I know them personally. Tell them Jesse told you to call. They will take special care of you. 833-995-GOLD, Oxford Gold Group. Get some gold you can hold. You're listening to the Oracle. You're going to love this one. It's a scream, baby. The Jesse Kelly Show. And the music's all right. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And remember, tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. So get all your questions into jesse at jessekellyshow.com right now. Before I go back to the emails and the calls and the stories and everything else, let's talk about something happy and something good. Okay? Glenn Youngkin, he's running to be governor of Virginia against Terry McAuliffe. Now, unless you're sitting in the state of Virginia, you don't care about that race. But let me tell you something. Terry McAuliffe should be slaughtering Yunkin. Should be slaughtering him. Biden won Virginia by 10 points. Virginia is not a purple state. It's a blue state now. 
There are a couple polls out that have Glenn Youngkin out four. One of them has him up eight. Now, I don't know if Glenn Youngkin's going to win. I don't know. But I do want you to know this. You know how we talk about attacking what the communist loves? Whatever he hates, you feed it to him. And whatever he loves, you attack it. You go after it. There's nothing the communist loves more than educating your kids. The communist, the American communist has enjoyed decades of educating your kids, teaching your kids to hate you, teaching your kids to hate themselves, teaching your kids to hate their country. Decades he has enjoyed this. They are scared to death right now about how awake the American parent is about the disgusting, rotting nature of the American school system. The reason Terry McAuliffe is in even any danger at all of losing that race, the only reason he's in any danger at all is that idiot went on television in a televised debate and said parents shouldn't be involved in their education. We don't want parents making education choices. Parents can't be picking the education And the best part of it was, it was such an honest moment. That's, of course, how they all think. Every Democrat thinks that way. All the teachers in school, well, not all the teachers, that's not fair. There's some great teachers, but all the school boards across the country, they all think that way. They all think you're some idiot, uneducated rube, probably loves America like some dunce, and they need to have the right to educate your kids to hate their country the same way they hate their country. And they've enjoyed this for years. Like I said, decades they've enjoyed this. And in an, in an ironic way, coronavirus and all the horrible stuff our lockdowns have done, coronavirus was what finally revealed it to parents. It finally revealed it to parents. Um, I'm sorry, what are you learning, Billy? That, uh, that doesn't sound good at all. Parents finally woke up one day and realized... I'm sending my kid off for seven, eight hours a day, and he's learning things that are absolutely despicable. And, and don't, discount, don't discount last summer either when St. George Floyd died and people were watching the news in horror as city after city after city got set on fire with all this anti-American garbage and every athlete and, and celebrity and everyone else just crapping all over the country. Parents, were just like you, were watching that and thinking, what in the world? Exactly, exactly how many people in this country hate this country? If the communist has the education system taken from him, he's finished, and he knows it. It is his most prized possession. He would give you everything back before he lets you take the education system from him. He knows it's everything. If he is able to educate generations of people to hate America, he will stay in power forever. They've always known that. But, oh my goodness, if if Americans actually start learning how blessed they are to live here and start learning things like civics and stuff like that, oh, the communist is finished and he knows it. And he knows it. Listen, listen to our friend. KGB defector Yuri Bezmenov, listen to him. Demoralization, it takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? 
because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. They've known it forever. Forever. Remember, you didn't do this. This is not your fault. This happened before you were probably alive and definitely before you were aware of it. Decades and decade after decade, they knew all we have to do is get into the schools. Like, I, I'm going to take some calls next. That a lot of people are upset about the FBI and, and CIA, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to those. 877-377-4373. But understand this before I even get to any one of those calls. If you're upset about the communist infiltration of every level of our country, they're in the Boy Scouts, for Pete's sake. They're in everything. Everything. They're in half the churches. Half the churches. Remember, I lost my church last year. Church we loved. Walked in after St. George Floyd died, and the pastor who was saying about five seconds earlier started talking to me about my white privilege. But before I get to you, when you learn that the FBI is bad or CIA is bad or generals are bad or all of these things are bad, understand this. The reason those organizations have turned into rotted communist filth is all the people who lead them were educated in America's education system. In fact, most of them came from Harvard and Stanford and Yale, where you really get the top-tier education system on just how bad America sucks. And so they move on, and soon, he, soon he's CEO of Nike. Soon he's the director of the FBI. And he's there with an ironclad belief that he should, one, make a bunch of money, no problem there, and two... Use his position of power to bring down this evil thing called America. He learned it in school, after all. Attack what the communist loves. The communist loves educating your kids. Take back your school boards and take it from him. 877-377-4373. Hang on. We don't need no thought control. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I told you it was going to be a good night, didn't I? And tomorrow's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Life, life. we're on a gravy train with biscuit wheels, Chris. Gravy, what? We got this email from this lady. This lady sent us a picture. I'm not going to give out any of her information or anything like that, but there's a gigantic Halloween display right up the road from her house with a bunch of dead skeletons around it. Well, dead skeletons. I guess there aren't really live skeletons, Chris. Shut up. Anyway, well, Callista Flockhart, you know what? That's not fair. That's not fair. But there's a bunch of skeletons sitting around, and they're getting ready to burn alive an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> That's definitely, this is definitely a very healthy place to be. This is a healthy place to be. She said, uh, have a happy Halloween. Keep up the good work. I'm so happy I found the Jesse Kelly Show a uh, down-to-earth. I am a very down-to-earth person, Chris. What? Don't roll your eyes. I am witty and humorous political talk show that is no nonsense that I can listen to without worrying if my kid can hear is exactly what I've needed. It helps remind me that even though I feel I'm surrounded by people who have lost their minds, there are still rational people out there. Um, let me give you some advice. Well, you don't need my advice, but you know there are places all over the country where you'll never see Halloween decorations like this, right? Ever. 
Then I realized a lot of people can't just pack up and move. I, I, I get that, but man alive, I feel so bad for these good people stuck in these daggone places. That would suck. That would suck. This is Dear Shogun Kelly. You constantly talk about moving in red states. What if you live in a red state but a blue county? Go take your county back. You can do it. I mean, unless you're in one of these big cities. Like, for instance, Houston's a great example. Houston's blue like every other big city, but all the burbs are nice around here. So just get out to the burbs, man. Jesse, I can't thank you enough for your podcast. Today I feel like giving up. I live in Minnesota, born and raised. I'm conservative. I'm 46, a mom of two, and a CPA. Always voted conservative, so on and so forth. We are fighting. I could go on and on. What do I do? I know, I know, get to a red state and make it redder. Not simple, but it may be necessary now. Thank you again for speaking up. I love your show. I even love when you rip on women like they belong in the kitchen. (laughs) I didn't say that, but they do. Oh, what, Chris? We can make jokes. It's fine. Now, listen, uh, a mom, especially a single mom of two, which it sounds like you are, 46 years old. When I tell people to move to a red state and make it redder, I'm not naive Man, I understand what you're going through, and I understand it's not possible for a lot of people. And that's fine. You do whatever you can. Whatever you can. If you're a parent in that situation, though, and you're desperate and you can't move and you don't know what to do, I'm sure you probably already have, but look into the charter school situation in your area. Look into the private school situation in your area. And I know what what people are doing right now. Yeah, we're not made of money. You'd be surprised how affordable some private schools can be, especially some of the religious ones. Now, don't get me wrong. There are private schools. I know a guy here in Houston. He's got more money than anybody, and his kids are going to a private school. And I asked him how it was, just I was curious. $30,000 a year per kid. We're talking for fifth and sixth grade. Who has that kind of money? So I'm not telling you that. I don't think you're made of money. But I've heard of private schools Two, three, four grand a year. And I, it's not like I think you have that kind of money just laying around, but maybe that college fund should go to high school. I'll be honest. I've thought about this. We agonize over it all the time. Do we save up? We have this college fund for the kids. Do we keep saving up for that? Do we put more money into them now? I don't want them going to college anyway. All right. I promised you I'd. I give you your say. Joaquin in Pennsylvania. Try this again, Bosco. Jesse, it's actually Joaquin Felix. But now I'm tired of the misrepresentations of January 6th. It was not just to certify the election. It also was an opportunity to legally and constitutionally contest the results, which a number of brave congressmen actually went to do. But the senators, and I like Ted Cruz, you know, but they all chickened out in the end. And so the process was never able to be able to be played out. And also, any Republican that lays any iota of blame on Donald Trump for the events of January 6th, I do not trust. And like Mike Pence distanced himself from Donald Trump over it, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, Trump has, you know, this is just a deep state, and I think this whole thing was orchestrated. Now, I'll tell you this. Something he said is an absolute fact. Anybody who lays the blame for that day on Trump is either a weakling or a liar. And look, you know I'm fine criticizing Trump. You ever criticize him of, criticism of Trump? That's fine. I don't wave his pom-poms. I don't wave anyone's pom-poms. Donald Trump, I could go watch his comments. You could watch his comments. 
He never told anybody to do any of that. But you saw so many weaklings on our side. That was Trump. And then remember they impeached him for it? (laughs) He didn't even say anything. And they impeached him for it. These freaking losers. Jake in Idaho. Go, Jake. Hey, how you doing, Jesse? Uh, I just wanted to make a comment about the the whole uh, jobs thing and and the percentage of you know jobs being lost. And I I what I do up here is I do gas work, and I uh, work alongside a utility company uh, replacing gas. And last Monday they had a as a company they had a big walkout along with a couple of the unions up here. And um, right now, as it stands, it's everything's kind of up in the air, but it's looking like it's going to be you know, coming down to this, you must get the vaccine or you're not going to be working. And I was talking to a couple of guys that work with the util- with the utility company. And, you know, you're, you're talking dam workers, power grid, you know, linemen, uh, you know, gas repairmen, all these different kinds of folks that are out there that those jobs are going to be vacant, you know, and you have emergencies and all these different situations, things that need, need repaired, and you're not going to have the personnel that are qualified to do it because they're not going to be there. And you're, you're talking, you know, a healthy percentage of a lot of these guys are going to walk mm, because mm, they're not, they're not going to bend the knee. Thank you, Jake. Well, that's okay. I mean, I don't see, I mean, who needs a power grid? It's not as if, it's not as if right now, I, I mean, this is one of those things you don't ever want to nerd out on it because everybody's eyeballs will glaze over in the back of their heads. But if you ever talk to one of these guys, people who work with the power grid, you find out, how sensitive it is. They're actually very worried. Smart national security people are very, very worried about attacks on our power grid because it is our, not only sensitive, it's kind of stretched thin. And he mentioned emergencies and things like that. You don't understand when there's a, a storm and, and things go down or, or something ruptures. Dude, you got to have all hands on deck right now. People are without power. You People can die. Oh, I'm sure that'll be fine when 20... 30, 40% of the power grid workers walk away. I'm I'm trying to to warn people. I'm trying to warn people. There's more pain coming from these vaccine mandates than you can imagine. Industries. How many industries have you heard about already? Industries simply cannot sit there and withstand 10, 20% of their employees to walk away. They won't hold up. They won't hold up. Charles... Charles in the Bronx. Oh, shoot. I, I put you on hold. Now, Charles. Charles in the Bronx. Go. Yeah. I don't know if it was your show or somebody else's. About two or three months ago, about this January 6th, uh, some guy who was in the Special Forces, he wanted to go to the FBI, and he knew a guy that worked there, and the guy told him, you just act like a super liberal, and you'll get hired. And he said he aced it, and he got right in. Charles, the same thing went on the CIA. <laughs> Charles, Charles, get this. Yeah. I actually, I actually heard that too. And the guy who said that on his show, he's one of the smartest people I've ever seen in my life. Have you ever, do you know who that guy is? No. Me. <laughs> what, Chris? Oh, it's fine. No, that was me. And by the way, who he's talking about, uh, I interviewed Jonathan Gillum. He was a Navy SEAL, and then he went to be in the FBI, and I interviewed Jonathan Gillum. And that's what he told me. He was in the FBI forever. He said, you want to pass the FBI entrance exam? Answer every single question like a complete flaming liberal. Now think about those boys with the yellow on their jackets, huh? How about that? 
All right. We have headlines I didn't get to. I'll get to some more emails. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. It's still real to me, damn it. Returns next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And yes, we're going to get the headlines I didn't get to in a minute. Remember, tomorrow's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. For you new listeners, the entire show. There's no guests. There's no phone calls. I answer your emails the entire show. What emails? Well, whatever. Whatever you email to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Doesn't have to be political. Certainly can. Whatever you want. Let's talk about it. couple more. What happens if the shortages become so out of control, causing an effect on radio stations, and we can no longer listen to the Jesse Kelly Show or can no longer have access to our favorite websites like the Jesse Kelly Show? (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't expect you to be able to go on if I go, what, Chris? If I go off the air, I don't expect you to continue to live, but try to stay alive as long as possible. First, I have to get something off my chest that's been bothering me for a month. You went dove hunting. When you went dove hunting, you did not play When Doves Cry by Prince. Not one Joker reference. And you call yourself a professional. (laughs) Second, garlic bread hamburger buns. I admit I had never done it. I'm white trash and usually use white sandwich bread this week, but this week they were out of white, so I had to use wheat. Obviously, not even garlic butter can rescue wheat bread. So I will forgive your dove hunting error. Keep on keeping on. Say a prayer for my hubby, a federal employee trying to fight the injection. You can say my name. Her name is Ruth. And we will say a prayer for your husband. And you know what, Chris? Ruth is 100% right. Give us some prints, please. Give us some prints, please. That's that's actually enough. Prince Prince is not very good. What? What? We were allowed. Am I not? I thought we were allowed to be honest here. Are we not allowed to be honest? All right, it's time. It is time for well, you know. And now here's a headline. By the, go, you know the you know the thing. Headlines we didn't get to. In a sting operation, police seized 17 pounds of illegal sperm whale vomit. Okay, well, first of all, I have to admit that headline threw me off a little bit because I stopped about halfway through, which really threw me for a loop. Um, We're not going to focus on this here, but who's naming these animals? I think Jim Gaffigan, if I remember right, the great great comedian has a funny stand-up thing about that, but sperm whale? There was nothing else? You know what? Forget about that. Why is whale vomit illegal? And and you know what? We're going to set that aside. We're going to set that aside. Headline. Democrats' spending plan gives the IRS massive new power and resources. Man, this is why I say I wish I was a Democrat. They're so much better at politics than Republicans. I mean, yes, this is disgusting and horrific and horrible and wrong, and we hate it, and you're mad about it, and I'm mad about it, and all that stuff's true. But Democrats get power, and they promptly start taking steps to make sure— They'll have power forever. They promptly start rewarding their friends and crushing their enemies. 
Republicans take power and immediately start handing you every excuse under the sun why they just can't do that. It'll turn off moderates. We have midterms coming up. Coming up. Maybe after the election. We can't deport anyone. We'll lose the Hispanic vote. I've heard these lectures time and time again by the loser weenies who, won, who run the GOP. Texas House goes on the goes on the offensive by investigating inappropriate books in school libraries. That's how it's done. Remember, 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 just like I said earlier in the show and I'll I'll keep saying it. Whatever the communist hates, feed it to him. Whatever the communist loves, you attack it. Just like they've been attacking everything you love. Do you know what the communist loves more than anything in the world? Educating your kids. It's not an accident that these weird gender queer books end up in public libraries. It's not an accident we have a principal getting a lap dance from a teenager at a Kentucky high school. I'm not making it up. And no, I won't link to it because it's so foul. It's not an accident. These people love educating your kids. They love destroying every value you've ever taught to your children So attack it. Take it from them. I'm so inspired by all these emails I get of people running for school board. And you know what? You might lose this time. Fine. Run again. And then again. And then again. And then when you get on the school board, don't just get on there and take the politics out of it. Get on there and make sure your values are being taught to kids. It's the craziest, lamest, most defeatist, stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life when I hear people on the right say, I just don't want, I don't want my kids learning any politics in school. Their children, they're going to learn values. Either they're going to learn yours or they're going to learn theirs. Do you want your kids reading about the founding, freedom, free markets? Do you want them learning about how evil communism is? Or do you want them lap dancing on their principle? That's why you run for school board. Senator Rand Paul to Newsmax. Dems won't hold Fauci accountable but I will. I like Rand Paul, so I'm going to hope he means this. Let's hope when the GOP takes over again, something is done about Dr. Fauci. Headline, AOC threatens no vote on infrastructure if Democrats don't provide social spending bill text. Just remember, enjoy the Democrat infighting now. I am. Nothing wrong with enjoying the Democrat infighting now. But do keep in mind, yes, AOC's an idiot. There's no question about that. AOC's also the future. She is the future of the Democratic Party. Nancy Pelosi was around with Moses. She doesn't have that long left no matter what. AOC's 31 years old, and she's in a safe congressional seat she'll never lose. These radical communist nutjobs, these young congresswomen, they're going to be here shaping policy in this nation for decades. Talk about a gut punch, right? Well, here's something that's not a gut punch. Tomorrow's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions emailed in to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's all.